0: One of the joys that I have of being lead pastor at our church is getting to work alongside of our teaching pastors. And Braden and Hannah so graciously stepped in today. Cale and Morgan couldn't uh, be with us from our Delaware campus. Begin to work alongside them. And so I'm excited about each of them taking the opportunity today just to share a little bit about maybe what God has done in their lives this past year in relation to a different aspect uh, of Christmas and so Paul is going to share first uh, today from our Marion campus. And let me ask Liam, right? Liam brought a buddy with him today. Where is the train? Oh, and Liam, what what does the train say? Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you, Liam, on cue. I appreciate that. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, well, they know that, so that's that's a plus. Uh, we'll see if we have any Christmas trivia they know, but we definitely know what the train makes. Um, yeah, as Dean said, my name's Paul, and it's my wife Maddie, Liam, and Theo. And um, you know this this Christmas series, um, you know, coming out of this, uh, just so good. I think personally, for me, uh, two different prophecies Isaiah gives. One in chapter nine is that um, that Jesus would be born, the Son would be given. You know, wonderful Counselor, Almighty God. These incredible promises. And what's really interesting to see is that that promise comes in the midst and in the time of of really darkness and sin and and brokenness in Israel. And it's fascinating. It was, it was good for my own soul to see um, that God's solution for our problems is ultimately Jesus. And I think that also shows us, you know, that, that our biggest problems or our, our most significant problems aren't the circumstantial or the physical problems. Like the greatest problem we have is, is a sin problem. And I just— I think that's helpful to be reminded of that in the midst of the hustle, in the midst of the just the season, the midst of um, hardship. I know so many in the season. Sometimes the season is the most difficult, and so to be reminded that God, God gave us a promise in Jesus, and and we we saw the fulfillment of that promise in the birth of Christ that we're celebrating today, and we we get to look forward to the second coming of Christ. And so, you know, Christmas Advent one was about Jesus taking away the sin of the world. Advent two, as we await Jesus's return, is about him taking away the suffering of the world. And um, man, that's just such a good good reminder for my own soul uh, in this season.
2: Thanks, man. Um, my name is Brayden. Um, Gail and Morgan couldn't be here, like Dean said. And that's my wife, Hannah. And over the last couple of years, uh, as I've studied the Christmas story, as I've um, preach through the Christmas story for our student ministries and things like that. This idea that uh, God is for all. Uh, we look at God's revelation um, to the people in the Christmas story, right? We have Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2, and we see these multiple different characters uh, introduced uh, one being Mary, uh, and then Joseph, the shepherds, and the Magi, all these people at our nativity scenes. And, uh, you know, we look at just two of them, even. You know, if we look at Mary, there's this young Jewish girl uh, who is most likely poor, who would have been considered a second-class citizen and that male-dominated Jewish culture. Uh, and then she receives this news of great joy, right, from Luke chapter 1, 30 through 31. And this great news is that Jesus is coming, right? Jesus? Yes, Jesus. <laughs> that Jesus is coming. And then the Magi in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, right, they come from the east to Jerusalem. And these are these guys who are religious elite uh, from another nation who probably don't even serve Yahweh, and yet God chooses to reveal to them that, hey, there's a savior that's gonna be born, and he's for the world, and he's for all the nations. And you fast forward all through Jesus's ministry, and he's constantly drawing people in from all sorts of places, and even Paul would say later on, there's no more Jew or Greek, slave or free, uh, male or female, but all are now one in Christ. It's this beautiful picture. You've, You've probably heard it said there's level ground at the foot of the cross. There's really level ground at the foot of the manger, right? That a baby would be born, the Son of God of the Most High, and that He is for all people to know and to believe in, and so even at the end of the book, right? Revelation, where it says that somebody from every tribe and nation and language and tongue is going to be there in eternity, worshiping God. Um, and it all started at the Christmas story and all started at the birth of Jesus.
3: So my name is Ed Travers. I'm with the West campus. This is my wife, Tammy. And the passage I was thinking about, I actually want her to read. So Tammy, read from Luke 2. Okay.
4: And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping... And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them.
3: Thank you, Tammy. The uh, The beauty of that passage on, on a day like Christmas um, is that imagine you were there, you know, king of kings is coming into the world and God wants to get that message out. And he chooses a bunch of shepherds to do that. That's the crazy thing about the story. And I was trying to think, well, how would that happen today? Um, when I was 16, uh, I worked at a at a restaurant in Columbus called The Wine Cellar. It was a pretty swanky restaurant. I was 16 and my job, I was a busboy, So I had to get the tables set up, I had to clean them off. I had to get ice, I had to take out the trash, I had to run everything back and forth to the to the dishwasher. And the hierarchy in that restaurant was you had the owner, and then you had the general manager, and then you had assistant managers. And then after the assistant managers, of course you had cooks and you had servers. And in my position, the busboy was here, and the last guy on the totem pole was the dishwasher. So I was trying to think how, you know, how would that go today? Imagine the the presidents of Ukraine and Russia and America were all going to get together and they chose my restaurant to meet in. It would make national story. I mean, it would be incredible, right? But imagine them calling the dishwasher and announcing it to the dishwasher. It's just, it's absurd. Why would God choose the shepherds who were the lowliest of society to share that the King of Kings was coming in. You would go to Herod, maybe. You would go to Pontius Pilate. You would go to Caesar, but that's not how God is. God chose shepherds to announce the King of Kings. And I think what, what I'm reminded of and what we were talking about is how no one is insignificant, not in God. And that's the beauty of Christmas that, that I was reminded of this year.
5: Well, hey, my name's Corey, and this is my wife, Kelly, and um. Going back to the the verse that Paul kind of kicked us off with in Isaiah chapter nine um, and verse six, where it talks about uh, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And in, in reading that verse over and over again this this Christmas season, um, it was a great reminder. It's one of those verses that we're living in the the middle of. We have the unbelievable privilege of of looking back and saying a child's been given, a, a son has been born, but we are waiting. Um, hopefully with anticipation for uh, the government to be upon his, his shoulders. Before he could take the government upon his shoulders, he had to take the cross upon his shoulders. And before he can take uh, the crown of glory as King of Kings and, and Lord of Lords, he had to take a crown of thorns on on his head for us and so in the midst of this morning with with wrapping paper and presents and kids all running around and the hustle and bustle everything and family coming over it's just a great reminder that that baby Jesus that was born in the manger was born with an unbelievable purpose today to take away the sins of the world for all of us
4: Um, And one thing that I want to share too is just, I love that passage, how it talks about the names of Jesus. Um, You know, wonderful counselor, king of kings, prince of peace. And I think at this time of year, and especially as we, you know, as the month culminates into today, Christmas morning, we can go through this season with just the busyness of life and forget about the peace that he can give. I'm just reminded that he is peace. You know, we can we can find peace in a lot of things in our life, but He is peace, He embodies peace to the fullest. And so um, I just hope that today you find that peace in Him.
0: I think that one of the things that I love about Christmas every year is that there's always a little bit of chaos in the middle of wonder. And even as we're here this morning, just sitting, watching, listening, watching the kids, Uh, move around. And there's no way to script Christmas. And if we had done it, we never would have done it the way that God did it um, in the scriptures. I think about Matthew chapter two, and I think about, there's this weeping, there's this um, Herod's, uh, his murder, uh, his genocide, mass genocide of all of the boys in and around Bethlehem. And even in that, where it says, you know, there's a weeping, Rachel is weeping in Ramah for um, her children. There's there's this weird mixture of wonder and chaos in the Christmas story. The thing that I was reminded of um, is that God started Christmas hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before. And the children of Israel go into the exile. God is already working on Christmas. You know, Matthew chapter 2 tells the story of the wise men who show up. And how did they know to come from the east? Well, it's because during the exile, the Hebrews carried the message. One of the last prophets they heard from was Micah. And you think about Micah 5, two and about the star in the east. And how did they know all of that? Because God, hundreds and hundreds of years before, was preparing. And So why do these wise men show up and they bring gold and frankincense and myrrh? Because Mary and Joseph are going to need resources. They're going to need money to get out of Israel and get down to Egypt to escape all that is going. God is working in all of the details in our lives. And I know sometimes the details are what, are what bring us the anxiety. And Angie shared something with me the other day that, uh, that kind of made an impact on me. Regarding
6: Yeah, as I've been thinking about Christmas and um, doing an Advent study, she was talking in there about how the posture of Mary's heart was so indicative of the perspective that she had on everything that was happening. And then she um, talked about how we need to turn our worry into worship. And that is definitely one that hits home with me. Um, My women's group, this term has been doing Philippians. And there was a verse in there that stuck out to me that I'd never um, noticed before. In the passage, it talks about forgetting what's behind and pressing towards the mark of Christ Jesus. That's more familiar maybe. But right after that, it says, let us then who are mature think this way, and if we begin to think differently, God will reveal that to us, and for us to live up to the truth that we've attained, and I've just taken a lot of comfort in that, in things that I worry about, because I worry about missing God. I worry about um, our family, and our kids, and future, and different things like that, and reading that scripture, and seeing that if I begin to think differently, if I'm seeking Him, He'll reveal that to me. He'll reveal that to us. He'll reveal that to our kids, and to our church, and that's been helping me as I've been just kind of thinking on that and praying on that, because my go-to is to stress first. So I'm trying to, when I start to stress and worry and get overly concerned about things, to stop and do what Philippians 4 says in in Petition and Thanksgiving, make my request known to God, and to try to turn that worry into worship. So I think for me, this Christmas season, that's kind of been my focus because that's my go-to. I'm a worrier and a fretter and a stressor. So trying to take that and turn it into prayer and thanksgiving instead. So again, that shift from worry to worship. Yeah,
0: That's great. And your husband helps you a lot, doesn't he?
6: Oh, yes. That was
0: the moment. All the time, yes.
6: (laughs) Yes, he listens to every worry, every word of every worry.
0: So I think about all the things that we talk about in regards to Christmas, and if I could split it up into two words. Right Christ is the first word, the rest of it's just mass and there's going to be that this year there's going to be mass chaos, there's going to be mass family and dinners to get to there's going to be uh, mass events to get to, mass shopping, mass pr- I mean all of that comes together on Christmas Day today and I would just say find a way, find a space sometime today to take the mass off of the end because Christmas is about Christ and maybe for you today, maybe all you've experienced this year I'm certain that some of you have experienced highs and some significant lows um, this year. and Christmas may not be uh, easy for you, quite frankly. My hope and prayer is that all of us today find the space to consider the Christ, the incarnate God who left heaven and came to earth um, so that we could have a way back to God. Going to the cross, coming out of the empty tomb to give us life and life everlasting. We said it throughout the fall in this series, you are John 3, 16, valuable to God, that he would give his one and only son for you. So I'm gonna pray for us. Once again, we wanna say thank you uh, for joining us today. I wanna pray over our Christmas day uh, together, and then we'll close up. Um, Father, as we gather today, um, I'm not sure if it's the exact day, but it's the day we celebrate. We call it your birthday. You coming for us. That God, you didn't leave us alone. That you didn't leave us to figure it out ourselves. That you didn't just give us a system of rules that we had to follow. Or you didn't just give us an amount of knowledge that we had to attain. But you became one of us. You took on our form. You were obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, the scriptures say. And so for God... Uh, For your sake, your honor, your glory. Today, what we want to say back to you is that we love you, that we're grateful for you, that we want our lives to glorify and to honor you. God, will you help us do that? Not just today, but as we think about the rest of the upcoming year. It's in your name we pray, amen. Well, I hope that you'll take the opportunity again to join us online next week as we gather really to talk about some vision for not only the first series that'll be coming up in January, but vision for our church over the coming year. So we'll gather again online uh, next Sunday as we begin. Then on the following Sunday, January 8th, we begin a series called Not Without Hope as we're going to be looking at uh, at the book of First Thessalonians. So God bless you guys. Have a great Christmas. And once again, thanks so much for joining us today.